Well, hello. Uh, welcome back to Harko Meets Humans. And today I'm meeting Hans. Hello, Hans. Hey, uh, how's it? How's Is it, it? weird to, uh, being called your like artist name, Hans? Nah, not so much anymore because it's like I've been like doing this shit for a while now. So like people do just know me as Hans. I haven't like put out my like real name that yeah. much. Yeah, right. And like even my IG handles and shit, that's not my actual name. Mm. So like I don't yeah I do keep that separate. So and did you when you came up with Hans? Because I know when I came up with Harko, I was like I wanted a name that wasn't my name that still sounded like it could be a name. Mm. Did you like have that kind of thought, or was well, where, where did Hans come from? So my real name is Hanju. Yeah, um, exclusive. Oh my god, <laughs> exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. So like my um the boys would just call me Hans anyways because it's like short for Hanju. So it just stuck and like yeah I was after saying that wasn't like. Hanju. I feel like Hanju doesn't ring that well. I don't know. So I was just, yeah, I don't think that deep into it. It just kind of stuck and I just ran with it. Yeah, I nice. guess. Yeah. Because I think I saw somewhere um, you saying like that when you started, you weren't as serious as maybe where you are now. Oh, fuck yeah, definitely. Well, like my expectations were like next to none. Because <laughs> when I started, like I was like, it wasn't good. Like I was bad. Like I was just objectively the shit wasn't good. Yeah. So like I had, I mean, obviously like, I still did it and I aspired to like, you know, a certain degree to be somewhere, but I didn't have any expectation for it. Cause like I was self-aware enough to know that, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pretty fucking mud. But yeah, after a while when things started clicking, that's when, yeah, I did take it a bit more serious. And um, I was really lucky in that regard that I could take it serious. And when was that? Was that like the start was like high school time then? Nah, no, nah, it was um 2017, I put out an EP. Um, 1995 and then the video for the lead single off that just started getting like a lot of buzz and like a lot of like blog love and then um, the Froyo song with Claro dropped and then it was like okay I can really I actually do this now. oh so like when the, the, EP, the EP making that when it came out do you were you still thinking like oh this isn't very good or was that the one where you're like okay I'm actually getting good at this now I, I fucked with it. I thought it was pretty decent for me. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, but I didn't expect anything of it. Cause at the time too on SoundCloud, I would like per song, I'd get maybe like 500 streams like or plays um, max. So it's like, I didn't think that deep into it. I just put it out and I was like, oh, this is different. Cause that EP was a lot different to what I've been doing before mm. in the first place as well. Cause it became more electronic. Right. I used to do like the lo-fi kind of um, what the grow room dudes used to do in like 2015-ish, yeah. like real lo-fi um, sample-based stuff. Like, um, and I was like really focused on like bars and just being like a rapper rapper. Um, so that EP was like real different from the usual shit I was doing. And I guess maybe that was another reason why it clicked because the sound back then of that EP was still quite, was quite a new thing. Yeah, was, what, what made that change? Was it, you, did you start listening to different music or did you like follow through on an intention more? Like what was the thing that made that like change for you? Yeah, I think it was both. Like literally, um, again, like I knew in myself as well that the show was kind of getting bland what I was doing because it was so samey. So I wanted to like, I was quite like conscious about switching it up completely. Um, and I was listening to a lot of Korean music. So the Korean music scene has like a huge electronic scene in general mm. and that sound just like really appear like appealed to me so um i was in touch with a lot of like soundcloud like producers in korea and stuff so um yeah it was a bit of both pretty much just like me wanting to get away from like the lo-fi stuff yeah and then, um just the right time right place sort of thing yeah right and did you have like did you have like a little community around you at that point in terms of like artists because like right now i'd say you have like quite a fucking cool mm. little community guy which i'm sure yeah. we'll get into but 
yeah. was that always the case like nah yeah i didn't really um the grow room dudes kind of knew me but only online like right. we never met in person but like i made a done a song with like brandon back in the day as well and like i just i did know everyone and people probably did know of me but i didn't like when like hang out in real life or anything um nah the most like the majority of my stuff was coming from soundcloud like it was with randoms that I'd never met, but like we seemed to know each other real well on this like, cause like 2015 SoundCloud was like beautiful. I feel like it's not what it is today, but back then SoundCloud was like the it thing. Yeah, so what like, talk talk to me about it? Like what? Cause it, it sounds was, like it's just like really good collaborations. Yeah, it was so free cause you could just drop anything whenever you wanted. Like samples, everything doesn't matter. Um, and you could be really creative. And there were so many like weird like genres and like subgenres that were popping up. And it was just so original um, and not oversaturated with like trash, I guess. I guess trash is subjective, but yeah, no, nah, it was 20, like 2013 to like 2016 SoundCloud. I feel like it was like golden era. There was so much cool shit. Like there was an actual community on, on the platform itself as opposed to the platform just servicing a community. Definitely, there were heaps of different communities. And um, even like within like, they'd have, we'd have like separate communities, but like they would intermingle too. It wasn't yeah. like the separate like um, kind of boys clubby crew sort of thing where like no one fucks with each other. Like it was so open and like collaborative. Yeah, it was a really cool time. Do you find it quite easy to like interact with people online artistically then? Like I've never been able to, I find it still like really difficult. Mm. I find it a lot easier to sit down and talk to someone yeah. in person, but on the internet, like putting myself out there. But it sounds like you were doing that like from the get go, yeah. Is, was it is that because that was the kind of culture you were seeing, or was that is that an inherent thing that you've always really liked doing? Yeah, I think it was natural. I guess I didn't think into it that deep, but it was also a thing of um, yeah. When I was starting out, I didn't have a lot of people around me doing music, so I had no other option but to go to SoundCloud and try find people. Right, and then that just sort of stuck. And yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty easy. I feel I feel like with collaborating online, like right. um, remotely and stuff which I guess is quite a lucky thing because it's quite efficient. Like I do definitely know some people who like they need to be in the room together to like make the record. And I can totally see that as well. But yeah, for me, I don't have that big of a problem. Nah. So do you prefer like working on your own? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think, yeah, like I'll... For the most part, like, I don't master anything, but I would like mix and like engineer the song as much as I can on my own because I just feel like, I don't know, it's just easier that way. Yeah. And um, I think that's why I kind of got the like whole bedroom artist tag as well when I was first like um, getting known. Like I was in that kind of lump just because, yeah, it was just me and like a laptop pretty much just making everything work. Like, I had no studio or like- It's kind of like weird how that label's kind of gone away mm. now, but- there are like almost everyone is what you we would have called a bedroom producer. Yeah, maybe just because it's such the norm now that it's almost meaningless to try and call someone a bedroom producer. Mm, I feel like it's sure. also kind of people feel like it's a little bit uncool now. Yeah, to be like a it's got this like its own connotations with it. And yeah, shit, eh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Do you do you spend much time? It seems like you're very like instinct based. You just kind of do what you just like, oh, I'll just do this and I do nah, that. Definitely. So you don't yeah. spend much time like, do you spend much time thinking about like external things like how, uh, you, how it's perceived or how you want to like present it and like all that side of things? Like, does that come into it for you as well? 
I think so. And I've like, I never really had like a manager to the whole, it was, everything was me pretty much. So um, yeah, like the, the biggest thing I probably paid attention to by the music was the videos. Like I did all the treatments for my videos and like I, um, I guess I pretty much directed most of them myself as well. I had um, Baron Allen who's sick with the camera. We work really well. So it was always just me and him like working on a budget, like all of my videos. I don't think I have a single video that costs more than like 500 bucks to make. Like yeah, we're right. always like under a budget and just like making the most of what we have. So in that regard, yeah, I think the videos were the biggest thing where I really like tried to um, kind of put attention to detail and trying to like try like figure things out. But in terms of releases and stuff, I don't overly, like I'm the type where if I make a song, I'm like, I want this out ASAP. Yeah. And then, <laughs> When back in SoundCloud days, it would honestly just be like, oh, I feel like dropping this now. So yeah, I just right. drop it now, like out the blue, just like, but now I guess even with the, like the streaming and everything, you do have to be a bit more calculated and like pitching for playlists, you need to submit your song like four weeks prior so they can be considered and stuff. So it's a lot different now, but if I could have it my way, yeah, I'd be off the walls. Just Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna ask. Like, do you, mi do you miss that kind of spontaneity a little bit? A lot. Right. Uh, for me personally, just cause that's how I grew up, I do, yeah. It's not ideal that this like rigid format of like, you know, make a song, but then wait like a month, like so that the like whatever playlist curators like look through it and like et cetera, et cetera. I know it's not, like I'll still do it cause that's a game and I'll play the game. But yeah, I miss like the old days in that regard. Yeah. Would you ever have like, I've, I know people who have the same feelings and they have like a side project that literally just like, it's just, they, they, they do do that just to like, Mm. have that feeling of finishing something and uploading it straight away without it having to be like the main thing so they can't get in trouble or like <laughs> ruin anything because there's no like goals. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always thought like a little release valve is kind of nice. Yeah. Do you, your video, because you, yeah, you're obviously very visually focused as well. Mm. Do they happen at the same time? Like when you're, when you're like vibing on something you're making, do you, are there visual elements going in it or is it literally like uh, you'll, you'll finish the song and then you'll be like, what can I do visually for this? Like, Nah, a lot of my songs, I do make them with the video in mind. Right. And like when I'm making them, I'll know whether this is the song would make a video, like a music video or not as well. But um, yeah, a lot of the songs that I do have videos for when I was making the songs, I knew that I would definitely have a video for this and I'd have maybe like three different concepts maybe and I'd pick one at the end, but. No, yeah, I'm definitely very, con cause like videos are one of my like favorite parts of music. Um, or like above everything else, like the live show and videos, I feel like are so important. So no, nah, yeah, I'm definitely always thinking about like the visual elements. And do you regard. have any ambition to do like visual stuff outside of like not connected to music or is it kind of, it has to be both for you? Um, yeah, I've never really thought of anything outside of music as of yet, but I'm like always open to like trying to show. I definitely like really do like, um, just like film in general and like, yeah, that side of it, so. Cause you, you, were, you were saying to me before we recorded that you're a master's student. Yeah. So it's not like you have fucking any time to, yeah. to, to, to start something new really that you're not already doing. <laughs> yeah, at least until it's due, um, my thesis is due next year, July. Sick. So once I hand that in, I do want to have like a few months to myself to just like go ham on like, I do definitely want to make an album as soon as I hand my masters in and then maybe do a whole bunch of like weird projects as well just with the um, free time that I have. Cause I think a, ma a masters takes like three months to mark anyways. Yeah, I'm pretty right. sure. So it's like, I got the time. I may as well just like 
<laughs> yeah, got crazy with it. Hell yeah. Because how long, so how many years have you been studying for now then? <sighs> this would be my fifth yeah fuck yeah (laughs) five years dude (laughs) my fifth year this year what's it like what's it like balancing you know quite thorough academic Mm. stuff with a creative music career like it i think it's quite therapeutic because like the academic stuff is super like you know rigid like write an essay or you know research into this like whereas yeah i feel like the creative stuff is really good because it balances it out so it's quite healthy i feel like to have like both and like it's not like i hate stuff like i enjoy studying what i study that's why i'm doing a master's yeah but yeah just like to the stress relief part of like having a creative outlet i think is like really really important so for the most part i'd balance it pretty well i think um i'm not one of those like i'm not recording all the time anyways so i don't think it hinders my like recording process because i just yeah Recording for me as well, it doesn't take that long because <laughs> I usually get my take in like the first five to 10. I never go over like 10 takes for like any song. Wow. Which is really also like a weird thing I have, I guess. Maybe I'm just fucking lazy. But <laughs> I just, if it goes over 10, I just say to myself, oh, it's probably not the one and I give up. I'm like, ah. Yeah. yeah. So do you, are you one of those people who like just won't finish a song if it's not like yeah. good and, and everything you finish is like, well, I finished it because it's good and it's coming out? Yeah, pretty much. I think it is, again, like the whole like instant, like in the moment thing, it's just like, I'll make, I'll like catch a vibe myself and just, yeah, I don't mind just like not finishing something. Like I don't have to finish everything I start is sort of my mentality with it, I think. (laughs) You've got such a refreshingly relaxed (laughs) view on it, which is so nice because like, I definitely beat myself up. Not Mm. beat myself up, but I can be quite neurotic about like, Oh, I'm, I'm like procrastinating. I'm like procrastinating from finishing a song, mm. and then I'm like, well, I, I go, oh, because I'm not a real musician, even uh, though even though I'm like busy doing a whole bunch of other stuff, like talking to people or doing yeah. that shit, like good things that I like. Yeah, I'll just any excuse that I'm not finishing a song. I'm like, oh, it must be because it's shit, and I'm not good at this. Mm. Um, but it's it is, I'd 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 do good to do to. Um, think a bit more about what I'm doing the way that you do, I think. And just uh, like, yeah. fuck, it's, if it's not, like, who gives a shit? Yeah. If it's not done, no one's hearing it. No one's waiting for it. Like, yeah. and if it's done, people will hear it. I think I'm in like a, again, like a really lucky, like a privileged position in that, like, like I said before, my bar was so low <laughs> for this whole shit. Like, I did not expect to get this far with this music stuff. So everything that comes to me is a bonus, like in my mind is a bonus. I don't deserve anything. I'm not like, like, and I don't think of myself that highly, I think as a musician, but not in a bad way. Um, it's just, I'm just someone who happens to make music and I have somehow procured this sort of following that like of people who fuck with me and I'm really grateful for that. So, I mean, uh, every, I've, I've already won. It's like, yeah. Right. I don't know. It's, um, I kind of just, yeah, take it like that. I You're just like. like grateful for where you are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Does that make live shows kind of buzzy? Having like a whole bunch of people spending their night like coming along to see you and, yeah. and party along? Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, playing live is probably my favorite part. Like, like even about videos, like it'd be like playing live is like wow. the best part of music. Recording is the worst part. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, the live shows like the best part. I feel like, and um, because my setups always. I did do a band show last week. How but, was it? Oh, sick! It was so crazy because um, the venue was great, and like, I never get to play with a band because a lot of my stuff is electronic. It's hard to recreate the sounds with like just a four-piece or a five-piece band. So I'm used to just like DJ Oxcord me and if that's the case then i'd do extra for the crowd like there's more crowd interaction going and like you know you try get people on your same wavelength yeah but with a band it's just like you can just play and people just listen because the instruments like they fill the space up so well like, it's yeah. a completely different like i loved it so much it was fucking sick it makes you want to do more of that stuff yeah yeah definitely i definitely want to like play with a band moving forward i feel like i feel like it's the added thing of like people have something they can like really intuitively understand watch to watch mm. like people like oh, i know how like it, the drums work because mm. someone's just hitting something and it's making a sound yeah and so they feel like there is a real show going on mm. it can be whereas like as you've probably like had i'm sure like being just the guy on stage with the microphone yeah you've got s not only so much space to fill but also like people watching are like oh yeah there's a guy with a microphone and then halfway through the show like oh cool there's still a guy with a microphone <laughs> you know like yeah and that shook me fucking hard man yeah yeah i don't know if you've seen have you seen silas perform with um he 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 does like fable and all that stuff as well i saw yeah i saw him at fable or just the start though i think i didn't catch the whole thing but. he's he's like one of my he's he's the, one of the only like just guy with a microphone that i can watch for ages, and he's just so bouncy and so energetic i'm mm. like that's all you have to be this like psychotic level of like having fun yeah. and going crazy to really make it. It's yeah. so tough. Yeah. Definitely. And so, so what, what was the band set up? How, what, who did you, like, what instruments did you have? It was just um, drums, bass, guitar and guitar. Oh, sick. Pretty much. Um, and the songs are pretty minimal as is. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was a great time. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And you, I'm, I'm sure like, cause you would, you were still just like, front man microphone you didn't you didn't have to fucking carry any gear you didn't have to sit it all up <laughs> that shit's the e that's that's the good job man yeah, 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 yeah. honestly yeah oh fucking privilege <laughs> that's nah, yeah, good bro that's sure. why i quit i was like f that was part of the reason i quit my band i was like fuck carrying this shit <laughs> upstairs i don't like yeah. it yeah i'm lazy man i'm so lazy mm. um but like so you it, you know you hang out with like a moogie and and Tay is kind of around that as well. Yeah, like yeah, how th that must be like quite a inspiring, exciting, like little scene to be a part of. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the coolest part is that everyone just like fucks with each other beyond the music, just as like human beings. So right. like, I think the base is that. So all the like art that comes out of it is like, it's so natural. Cause there's no, f there's no like, there's no f like forced creation. It's just like, it's, yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is when you're friends with people who make art and you're genuine just friends, like the stuff that you make also feels a lot more pure as well. Right. There's no added incentive. It's just you guys are just having fun and like something happens to come out of it, which is like the coolest shit. Yeah, they're um, all like real, like super inspiring. Like we get together from time to time, play each other's music. How did stuff. you all like get to know one another? Like how did that kind of thing come together? Um, I think... Most of us, um, well, me, Yeri, and Carl went to Rangi together, cool. like um, Rangi Toto College, um, but we didn't actually know each other until as soon as we graduated in like first year, we kind of, yeah, um, got to know each other and then started playing shows here and there together. 
Um, and then I think a lot of the other um, musicians in our crew, I think Yeri knew first um, through different avenues and stuff. And then just because, I mean, I'd always like, I'd hang around with like Yeri and Carl as well anyways. And then we like slowly start to get to know each other. And then it's just like kind of happened. Like, um, again, real naturally, you don't even realize it until like, couple years later and you're like oh i'm still seeing you like every other day like <laughs> with this thing which is fucking sick yeah right yeah. it's a nice sense of like a home home base but with mm. people you know yeah yeah definitely which i think like i don't know if it'll be the same for you because like you seem very at home on the internet but i always i always need a strong physical connection with people yeah to make myself feel more com- i feel really detached and like I've, like I'm floating on the internet like it's really really hard mm. so it's really uh, I having like spaces or having like people that you consistently bump into and hang out with I think is so fucking important mm. and, yeah, for and sure. like having the spaces for those things to like happen as well yeah like this is why I, Point in Studios I really love because it's a really great community like hanging out here and doing all that shit mm. so good man um, yeah. your, I want to know about your masters Oh yeah, yeah. Because you, you you said a human geography, geography, yeah. and then you said it was something to do with music as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, my masters looks at Auckland as a UNESCO city of music. Interesting. And um, how valid that title is, um, because yeah, the whole idea of like a music city, there's like these set guidelines that UNESCO or the UN sets down. You need to have this, and you have this, 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 and this. And um, it's very general because there's, there's no set definition of what a music city should be. No one's really made one. There are these like pointers of what you should have, but a lot of in those aspects, Auckland doesn't necessarily seem to fit some of them. And also when they made the announcement for that whole thing, a lot of people didn't really pay attention. Not a lot of people know that we're UNESCO City Music. Yeah, I, had, I have never even heard of, like I wouldn't know what any other cities would mm. be cities of music. And I, I wouldn't, like, I, I don't even know what those, what the criteria is yeah. at all. Yeah, it's like um, you need, like, a bubbling live scene or something. You, have, you need to have, like, historical music institutions. Um, oh, there's a whole list. Damn, I can't think of, think of it off the top of my head. You're but, too um, deep in it. <laughs> <laughs> too numb. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just wanted to look at how valid that is and the broader kind of, theme of it more so than music the idea of a music city is just city branding in general and like cultural policy so how do you brand cities to be you know to like uplift the culture of the city without kind of being fake about it and um a lot of these sorts of titles that you know or like marketing ploys if you're being like cynical that urban governments use to like market cities they're very um short-term based they're not sustainable it's like just in this current moment, we're going to do this to support, you know, arts or if it's music, we're going to do this to support music. We are a city of music. So, you know, we'll like help venues out and et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's kind of all just like a lot of the time. And this is what um, I'm finding in the literature is that it's all very, you know, words and lip service. Like it sounds great in the moment, but do people really um, follow through on it? Or even if they do follow through, are they doing it in an effective manner? Like Toronto is a really good example because um, the, gov- the city government there in like the mid 2000s, they um, invested millions of dollars into their art scene. And from the outside, looking in, it looked amazing. But what they did was they, they made these like huge like international standard like um, facilities, like opera theaters and um, 
like practice facilities and stuff. And they like totally missed the mark because the demographic of the Toronto art scene don't actually use fucking like opera theaters. Like, it don't actually help like the local indie or DIY scenes or like the people who actually like make music in Toronto that like contributes towards like just a greater, healthier like scene in general. It's all very um, flashy, kind of what like ordinary people can look at and be like, oh wow, that looks very cool, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm more so I guess just looking at to how we can build like a sustainable arts policy that like actually helps people at the ground level. So have you, so do you do some, do you do like the critiquing or the like breaking down of the follow through in your like research? Um, I'll look into the follow through in terms of like, yeah, the policy documents and stuff. A lot of it, there is that excuse because of COVID, a lot of it did have to stop anyways, but um, my master's is based off interviews. So I'm, I'll be interviewing about 30-ish people in the scene and industry and seeing what they think as well. And that will be like the backbone of kind of looking into how authentic Auckland is as yeah. a city of music um, and just ways to build like a healthier one if we are to be a city of music, you know, what different things can we do to like help foster the, you know, scene in general? Yeah, like as a, with your musician hat on, do you feel like Auckland is a healthy, sustainable city of music? I think there are good parts to it, but I, yeah, I do think there's a lot more that can be done. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest obstacles for Auckland is the geography of Auckland to begin with. Um, the most efficient creative um, districts just anywhere are based on grids because the grid um, layout is the most efficient to get from place to oh, place, right. venue, like bar, you know, etc. And grids are way easier for public transport as well to function. Mm. But because Auckland's built on fucking volcanoes and it's a sprawling mess, it's very hard to get from place to place. And that actually is a big um, detractor for people who want to see gigs and stuff. Like if you're drinking down in like Britomar, you don't want to like walk all the way up, you know, K, like Queen Street to like K Road. But are there buses all the time that'll take you? So there's all these like factors. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what different things can be done to help Auckland. Yeah, I wonder if there's yeah. any like places or evidence, because uh, I think when, when uh, Louise Tay was in here, we, we talked about this idea as well. And we were kind of, I think wondering out loud whether you could build like little decentralized nodes of mm -hmm. it. So like, like okay, well you're in Britomart and we're gonna we're gonna pick say like Britomart, um, Onihanga, uh, Ponsonby, Greylin, yeah. um, and then like Avondale, and we're gonna build up. We're gonna try and get like five, six venues all running in that little one area, and then so that if you're in Britomart and you, you've got options. And you can try and get yourself to Ponsonby Grayland where you've got options. Mm. Oh, I, what, what do you think about that kind of idea? Is that like even viable for a, for a city like Auckland? I think it could be. I wouldn't rule it out, definitely. Um, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll have to see. And I need to do more reading as well. I feel like there is a lot more to read on that kind of stuff. But from an artist's perspective, I'd, I'd like to think that, yeah, something like that could be possible mm. um, if we just had like the resources to like make it happen. Public transport is a really big thing if we were to do something like nodes, you know, because um, getting from place to place has to be smooth and cost efficient as well. Because we can fucking work it out for sporting events. That is very true, yeah. Yeah. Like our trains and all buses and all that shit, they all run to 
Yeah. Eden Park when there's an All Blacks game on. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to somehow make music as as pumping as rugby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> figure, figure that out. Right. Yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. Like, do you feel like New Zealanders respect music and actually, like, respect art in that way in general? I th- yeah, it's quite tough. Like, I think so. But I, even me, like, I can't be sure. Like, I don't know. Um, one thing I can say is I wish that um, more... New Zealand is a very multicultural country. You know, there's a lot of... I wish um, Asian kids came to more gigs. You only see, like, like, out, like my age-ish Asian kids coming through. I wish they would, like, I feel like that'd be real cool if they, like... Do you have any idea why that is? I think... Oh, uh, I think one thing I do think, but I could be talking on my ass. So, hey, that's um, what we do here. <laughs> You're on the right podcast. But like, um, you know, the whole idea of like, a, you're an immigrant, you come to the country um, and there is that stereotype of like the tiger parent and, you know, Asian kids are studying all the time, etc. It's a stereotype, sure. And it does not apply to everyone. No way. But um, the general culture, I feel like if you're growing up as an immigrant in New Zealand, there is still a certain pressure on you to like be someone and like be successful, quote unquote, whatever that means. Usually it's probably like stable career, you know, decent like salary, et cetera. But the arts does not really fall in line with that idea. Right. In general. So growing up as kids, I feel as though maybe we don't pay as much attention to that, that world, like the more creative we work, cause it's not as relevant to us. Like, yeah. Because the, I mean, the people around you or like say your family and the culture around that is, you know, you got to get a good job, you know, you have to, you know, be stable. Um, and, you know, and the f- fact of the matter is true that our parents like, you know, sacrificed fuck tons for us to be here to, you know, have a better future. So maybe in that regard, a lot of the kids growing up then just don't pay much attention to that, like that scene in general. And then that just like follows through to adulthood. Yeah. Maybe is one thing that I could think. Like even me, I didn't, um, growing up, I feel like my household wasn't the most like creative-y, um, even though my mom is like a classically trained, trained piano teacher. Wow. Like she paints and stuff. But I was never that into like anything like artsy or whatever until like I just stumbled upon it on like the internet. Um, so yeah, even for me, I didn't have that much like access to that kind of stuff. And do you think that follows through with even like, not just the wanting to create art, but even like the, the capacity or the, the want to go and enjoy Mm. art and like, like, oh, I'm going to have a night off and go, I'm going to go see a band or something. Cause I know for, I'm sure like the people who, who aren't attending these, if they went just once, they would have an awesome time. Like it's such a fucking good time. Just like going to a gig or going to an art exhibition, you know? Like, it was really fun. So, yeah, I wish the more, um, yeah, Asian kids, at least in Auckland, you know, would come through to more, like, shows or, like, events. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if there's a way that there could be some events that are more catered in whatever way it needs to be mm. to, like, Asian kids. Yeah. To the kind of draw them in. Because, yeah. like, you know, our, our gig scene is great and also very, like, monolithic in a sense of, like, it's, we always play at the same places and they and they look like this and you've got to come to it. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something to um, ponder. This might be a room for a good plug. Um, so me and my 
homies, we're putting on an art exhibition at the end of this month, which is, um, we're kind of talking about this stuff of like, you know, how could we like link up more like Korean, like creative people together? Cause it's so like um, dispersed. Right. A lot of us don't know that each other exists. Okay. We're all out here doing our own thing. So we had me and um, my friend June, we had this idea where we were just having a cup of coffee. Like, why don't we just like um, try build that community? So we put together like an exhibition series where we like showcase Korean artists and then it can be like a hub for like people to come through. And cause, well, at least the first one is more centered around Korean art. Maybe right. that would draw some like, you know, Asian people, like Asian kids out as well to like see that there's this cool stuff happening out there. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure if there's like, it is definitely something good to ponder because I would like to see more like um, kids out here enjoying themselves because there is like a whole world like to be enjoyed. Yeah, and like you said, we are multicultural. Yeah. There is like, we have huge Asian populations. Yeah. And even like, I, I always think like, I have a lot of like, um, uh, like Indian Kiwi um, mm. friends as well. And like, and, and I even told you, I know S- Surinunka. Have you met him, Surin? Oh, he does a lot of sound. He does lights as torch. He does a, all the cool lights he's at every gig. It's always Surin. Shout out to Surin. I um, may have inadvertently met him. Yeah. So shout out, shout um, out Surin. And he, he raised a really good point of just like all the, he, he, he goes to all these gigs and it is all just like, you know, white indie kids mm. at the things. And, and, and I, I, I've, that's always stuck with me because it's like, there's clearly something not being matched up. Yeah. And it's so hard because it almost does take someone like yourself who I guess you, you seem like you feel more, com- you're, like, you're like very comfortable in kind of both worlds of it. I, yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I already mind. This, this what, like a lot of my crowds are quite Asian though, which, is, which has been like quite cool um, to play in front of like Asian people in New Zealand of all places. Like, yeah. Because yeah. I, like, I had a friend, um, I think the, my first introduction to like Korean culture was my friend Juno who I worked at at Atomic um, Cafe. And he does like, he's really into fashion modeling and tattoos and yeah. all that stuff. And like, he is the coolest motherfucker I've ever met. Mm. And then I just thought that maybe it was like, oh, like you're just a, you're just real cool. Mm. And then he's like showing me all this other like Korean stuff. I'm like, oh fuck, like Korean shit is like <laughs> some of the coolest shit. Mm. And like speaking as like someone from the South Art and like yeah. in Tim- I wasn't introduced to anything Korean in Timaru. Yeah. And now that I, I've, I've got a real thirst for it, mm. it is kind of weird that I like, it was, it's exciting that you, to hear you're putting on the exhibition because I'm totally going to be at that. But it is kind of weird. Like we don't, we have a multicultural society, but it's not necessarily always translating to a multicultural art yeah. thing. And yeah. that is, there's some, so there must be some kind of weird disconnect there. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool to like, yeah. It's good to ponder on and like think of ways to maybe yeah, get more people out. I definitely have been thinking about that, but don't have the answers, but, no. but it's definitely something to ponder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wonder if it might have something to do, uh, like it might even tie into the whole like ear- connecting areas and making spaces and like, yeah. and, and all that shit. Like, cause we are, I think that feeling of isolation is something that even like I, like I feel across it exists across genres it exists mm. across scenes like friends friend groups like Auckland is kind of an isolating it can be quite an isolating Definitely. place because of that so yeah I think there'd be a lot of benefits from trying to solve a bit of that yeah yeah definitely especially at like a grassroots level and with kids like you know I'm introducing them early to like you know different like creative outlets that they can explore I think 
even from just like a well-being standpoint like because art is very therapeutic in mm. itself as well um i feel like it could be really helpful to like you know let these kids grow up on that kind of stuff moving forward yeah because i've read that you 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 have like a relationship between your your music and like mental health and well-being like yeah. for yourself <laughs> yeah 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 which yeah. is which is a very like a very common narrative whether it's like mu music is positive for me or whether it's like the whole thing is like, I'm just, a, it's a little bit negative, but I like music. Mm. The common theme is usually like mental health. And um, do you, uh, do and, and do you feel like introducing people to music at an earlier age is like a really good gateway into kind of an alternative well-being path that isn't just like, hey, meditate or like, hey, mm. do journals. It's kind of like, hey, maybe you can make something. Oh, I definitely believe that. And um, like heavily, heavily. Um, doesn't have to be music, anything creative, just any sort of outlet. Because again, the whole idea of um, like having a balance of both, like no matter what career you say you end up going into, you know, it's going to be stressful. There's going to be certain like stresses, et cetera. But if you're not in, if your main job isn't in like a creative field, say you're I don't know, like an accountant, I don't know, I just thought of that in my head. But um, you know, it's good to have, like you need that like, zone to be in where you can like let go of everything like the stress and shit um new zealand's such a because again we're such an isolated country and um there's not a lot to do yeah. so it's like what the fuck else are you gonna do other than like drink or do drugs you know it's yeah. like your alternative so like if we teach like kids from an early age that hey <laughs> you know there's other shit out there that you can do and you can feel great about yourself doing it um Sports another good thing too because it's exercise and that you know that gets you going as well. But I feel like a lot more could be done with the arts from like a young age, like funding that shit so that these kids know that you know they can have this. And you have, doesn't mean you have to do it as a job. Like it can just be for fun. Like some of the like best music is made from just fucking around and having fun. You know, like you don't have to think of it. Like you have to make something of it. Just, it probably should be fun at least most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's always a good sign. Eh? Yeah. Did you ever do the sport thing at high school or like growing up? I wanted to play for Manchester United, man, oh, when I was a bro. kid. Fuck. Bro, so bad. Like I was in like the rep teams. Like I was doing all right for myself for my nice. age until about whenever the boys start hitting puberty and they start growing to like six fucking feet and I'm still like five, seven and shit. Like, um, cause I was a goalkeeper. Oh really? I was a goalkeeper, I yeah. did not pick you as a goalkeeper. Yeah, I know, right? Um, That's yeah. some brave shit, bro. Oh, I loved it. Hey, <laughs> I just, I love the like adrenaline of like, um, cause it's a kind of shitty position. Cause most of the time you don't like, you know, you can make a, like one mistake as an outfield player, no one really sees it. If you fuck up as a goalkeeper, that's <laughs> yeah. all on you. <laughs> yeah. And it's a bit like, it's, it's again, it's like war as well. Like you, you might, you're either, you're, you're either nothing's going on for you. Yeah. Or everything is happening. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to be, I was heavy into, I'm still, I still am like real heavy into football, but, um, do you get up and watch many of the Premier League, Premier League games? Mm, the United ones, which is really bad these days because we suck, like yeah. really bad. It's... As a Liverpool fan, I, I can kind wow. of, I can understand your pain. Yeah, you guys I've had gone through for... it for a while, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to tell you, like it's scarring as well because even now when it's like uh, arguably going a, a bit better, yeah, uh, I still just have that thought in the back of my mm. head of like, this isn't going to last. We're going to, it's going to be another five years of, of yeah. pain. <laughs> And it's hard when you, it's fucking hard in New Zealand, man. Like yeah. it's one thing waking up early and watching your team fucking kick some ass and see some good football. It's a whole nother thing 
to wake up early and watch them kind of not do oh. great. <laughs> not yeah. to rub it in or anything. It's been like the last, oh, fucking when Alex retired, it's been like five years. <laughs> yeah, like you're saying, just yeah. five years, just numbness. Just <sighs> Yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah. Um, I've always thought about, because like, I, I always miss, I, I'd play football for a long time and I kind mm. of had to pick between um, the, the band at some point. And, oh, yeah. and, the, and the team and I was like well one of them I have to like practice twice a week without even playing a game and run and stay fit and the other one I just get to rehearse maybe once a week and then drink beers and <laughs> oh, I was like man. I think I'll probably do the, the band thing yeah but now that I'm a little bit older and and like I it's hard to get that do you, are you there's that little competitive thing mm. from sport that I can't seem to replicate at all in music that little thing of like, I'm going to fucking go in there and, and do some shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of feel like it'd be really great to have a little bit of something like that back in my life, like a little bit of football, a mm. little bit of like exercise, fucking yeah. someone up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I still play like five-a-side here and there. Oh, really? Yeah, just a little bit, but I'm, I'm a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, you can't recognize me from my former self, like all my reflexes are gone. It's kind of sad, to be <laughs> <You're> honest. Like- <laughs> You're over the hill. <laughs> oh man! Like when you let goals in that you know that like five years ago you could have easily saved. Like <laughs> it's kind of. I'm only 23. That's crazy. Jeez, bro, this is the teenage years just standing behind you, just shaking oh, his head. Oh man! Like, <laughs> <laughs> Shadow of my former self. Um, all this uh, before you were talking about. Um, you know, you've got a very balanced view mm. on on life in general. I would say. Um, but like, like, like you're saying, like you should, you know, art, art can be a, like a mental health and a well-being thing. And like, it doesn't, you know, you have a very, like a, like a very calm, balanced view of all of this. Have you like just worked this shit out on your own or have, or is this come, is this like a family thing? Is this like nah, a, I had to work like, um, I'm, I'm only here now because I had to go through the whole, like, I did the whole like tortured artist shit for two years. It was like, how was that? It was fucked up, man. Yeah, right. it was bad, it was so bad. Like, but I learned that's the on the only reason I can have this view now is because I went through like like rock, rock bottom and shit. Like those two years, I feel like. And the craziest thing was like the music that helped me like get big. I made during that period, mm. and I didn't even get to enjoy it because I was so fucked up that like all these great things are happening. Like I'm like on all these blogs that as a kid I dreamed of being on, and like I can't even enjoy it because I'm. Just, <laughs> Yeah, right. Sad and shit. Like, yeah, it was bad. But I had to learn through that, like, what, um, like, who I am and how I can deal with these problems, like, um, coping mechanisms, like, healthy coping mechanisms. I only know healthy ones because I've already tried all the unhealthy ones, and I know that, you know, that's like a dead end. So, yeah, I definitely did have to go through that to get to where I am now. But having gone through that, I feel like. And lots of it, it's not unique to me. Like a lot of artists will relate to the same shit of like, you know, hitting those walls. And that's what, uh, part of the reason why I feel like I'm really strong in this whole like grassroots, you know, get us, like have people in the like art industry, you know, leading these things. Cause they can also, you know, teach younger people, you know, growing up, you will eventually like run into these obstacles. But here's like some ways that you can cope with that in a healthy way. Take that from me as someone who maybe didn't, you know? Like I feel like, yeah, everyone will go through it and you kind of learn the lessons yourself. 
hopefully for the most part. But yeah, I definitely did do like a couple of years of um, just being like, yeah, just very unwell. <laughs> did you do that thing of like, oh, my music is, is working because I'm unwell and that's a good thing? Did you ever get to that point? Like that, that, that that's like for me, like the, the, mm. the, 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 the tortured artist trap that I definitely fell into is like, yeah. oh, the reason it's working is because I'm, in some way it's positive that I'm fucked up. So I better not sort this shit out. Cause that, that, that can be a really dangerous, <clears throat> really dangerous one as well. Yeah. Like I even had that with like, it's w- w- way less intense, but like that impulse, even with like s- smoking, like I was like, oh, I've got to, I've got to be smoking a cigarette to write, the, write lyrics. Oh uh, yeah. No. And that like bad habits with creativity, it can yeah. be a really bad thing. Damn. Yeah. I relate to the cigarette thing. I smoke, I smoke Alice cigarettes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But it's um, tough because it's like you tie, we tie, I think it's because creativity, I don't know if, if you feel this way, but it's like this ethereal kind of thing sometimes. Like we, uh, uh, you can work things out. Like I know if I, you can build habits for your creativity. We're like, oh, I can put this beat here and I know I like this, that mm. I like that. But it often for me felt like the things that came out good, I, because I couldn't necessarily pin down yeah. the spiritual part of my brain was like, oh, it was because you smoked a cigarette while you did that or because uh, that, and you're yeah. just like, fuck, well, I'll keep doing that every time. Yeah. Um, it is a fact that I did make some of the best music that I think I've ever made while I was like, yeah, not in a good space. But I mean, at the end of the day, I, at the time I did think that, that maybe a little bit and like a lot of my idols growing up too, they were those like, they lived those situations too where they're like, best work came when they were at their most fucked up. So it probably did, like, I can't lie, it probably did cross my mind a bit, but looking back now, like, I definitely don't agree with it. No. Um, and how much of that is narrative after the fact? Like, oh, oh, you know, oh, they were so, they were, they were, so, they were doing so badly and so shit. And like, the yeah. reason the song is great is because of the story of how bad they were. And it's like, it could just be a really good song that they could have written when they were happy as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, and I got to say, like, I, I assume that you're you're in a much better space mm. when you made uh, the recent song you put out, right? Yeah, yeah, and we- that shit's my favorite. So obviously, oh, like, healthiness you. is fucking it works, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, you definitely don't. <laughs> you, don't <laughs> you don't need to be like hideously depressed to make a good yeah, song, yeah. bro. You can be happy and make beats. <laughs> yeah, you know, like fuck. Um, yeah. but what you're saying before is like, I think you were kind of talking about like mentorship. Mm. I, I've always felt there's a real lack of mentorship. Like, and I've only ever really had it between like a group of friends, but most of the time those group of friends are all doing the same stuff at, <laughs> at the same level. So we're all just kind of like jerking each other off being like, I think this is what, and it's like, we don't know. We don't fucking know. Yeah, like when I was going through it, I wish I did have, it was my dad. And then, which is like, after that, me and my dad had like a, even like closer bond. Cause like shout, my dad- Shout out dad. Yeah, shout out dad, man. Cause like my dad's very similar to me. So like, yeah, he was there to kind of guide me through it. Cause we kind of think, what I found was that, yeah, we think quite alike too. And like our anxieties and stuff like, but I do, I do wish that at that time I had like a, like a figure, someone like maybe a couple years, or just like a little bit older, but still like in the same age, but just being, you know, being there or having like a community space where I can meet people like mm. that. and um talk about, hey, this, you know, such and such is happening, you know, what do you think? You know, how'd you get through that? It would have been real cool to like have something like that or even stuff like this, like a podcast like this was great as well. 
growing like when I in that time period, which is only like a few years ago, even there wasn't a lot of that right um, around, and I think that would definitely help a lot of people. Yeah, I mean that's the big motivation mm. for doing this thing is because there, you know, I grew up in Timaru, and there's no, I know there is no way that a kid growing up in Timaru or even like a young adult, like 20, 22, who cares probably more about music and making music than I do. Mm. Yeah. They, they're fucked. There's no, there's no one around them that can help them. Yeah. Tell them anything about music or the music industry. And then there's yeah. no, there's hardly any on, online resources or conversations, mm. especially in the New Zealand sphere that could actually give them, I think just that feeling of like, there are people who are like you who are doing it. Yeah. Yet you're not, you're, you're not the only one. You mm. don't, and you're not struggling in some unique problem. It's gonna yeah. be, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, like sometimes you just need someone on the side to be like, no, you're doing good, man. Like you're, yeah. you're doing like, just that in itself is like enough sometimes, you know? Yeah, if musicians, New Zealand musicians can be bad at that as well. Like um, mm. letting people know that they're doing good while they're still doing it. Mm. New Zealanders tend to tell people how much they liked people's shit when it's finished. Mm, yeah. When that band's like breaking up and they're like, oh, that's a shame. I really loved you guys. And it's like, motherfucker, no one said anything to us. <laughs> you know? Mm, yeah. kind of, I'm sure yeah. people found that a bit real, but like it is. Mm. No, definitely. And I, yeah. yeah, I just trying to normalize. We need to start normalizing a bit of that and mm. a bit of like that and a foster of that mentorship and just people actually like. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice. I always dream of having like a space like, like this. And like you see, because I think the, what I've learned through talking to people, and you're another person who's kind of echoed the same things, it's like the real importance of um, physical space mm. and how it acts as kind of like a nutrient-rich kind of flower bed. Yeah. And any kind of like people can come in and, and plant their seeds and like actually grow together. Yeah. And if we don't have any of those flower beds being cultivated or being like available, then you're trying to grow on the side of like a fucking highway or some shit. That, that, that's not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're going to finish your master's. Yeah, and hopefully. You live, you, yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and you, you're a remarkably balanced person in terms of like... Uh, oh, um, for, for the most part, I don't know. Yeah. Well, compared <laughs> to some of the psychos I hang out with who are just like, yeah, I just made music fucking... 24/7 yeah. <laughs> motherfucker I'm like oh my god that's that's a nightmare. Mm. Um what do you do you have like a do you think about the future much do you have like do you, do you make like 3 year plans do you make do you see yourself like um anywhere or do you are you like literally just kind of like boop just doing what I do? I think I'm more on the like yeah the <laughs> Yeah, like today's another new day. So I have yeah. to just wake up in the morning. Sick. So I think, but I do, um, I don't do like the three-year plan, five-year plan stuff. But I think when I get older and like maybe more experienced in general, I would like to get into like policy, like arts policy. And yeah. like, um, yeah, I know. I was reading a really interesting um, article on RNZ the other day about how parliament's like pretty much all lawyers. Like the actual professions are like, mostly all yes. lawyers. And um, I think that is a pretty big problem. It's not good, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Not to say that I'm necessarily going to get into parliament, but I would like to be somewhere in policy where as someone who's been an artist, you know, and hopefully even when I'm old, I'll still be in tune with what's going on in the like scene. Like I would like to um, 
maybe help with the like policy stuff and like maybe try you know foster sustainable um creative scenes if possible like i think that'd be something that i'd really enjoy doing if i could do it do you have like a pet idea that you already kind of feel pretty confident about it would be a good thing to implement that you were like, oh, I already know I'd really like to make this kind of change. Or are you still just, you've just got that passion and haven't really... Yeah, I don't have like a specific idea or any ideas in general. But yeah, I think I am quite passionate about it. So I would definitely like to get into that when I'm older. I mean, that's... I think people like yourself are super rare and really important because Thank most you. artists, it takes a little bit of like a kind of hybrid brain of like the, the creative art side but also quite a structured pragmatic mm. kind of um brain as well like the kinds of people who are going to like run a venue or run a space or yeah but it'll be like a connector or a promoter there's there's a reason there's kind of few of them so it's mm. it's really it's i didn't know this about you and it's really exciting to hear you like oh, thank you told shit because it's fucking this is the stuff that we need like We'll always have people making like really interesting art and having like really good ideas. And but if we don't have the people that are building the infrastructure, mm. then we're then we are then we are inherently limiting the amount of those ideas we can have possible access to. Mm. Yeah, like definitely. I truly believe that. Mm. And it's kind of the same thing as like parliaments made up of lawyers. Mm. And like I think it, it, Emily Adrosa was on here. Yeah. From Street China, she was saying like the American indie scene is just trustees because that's all that can afford to just tour and do the things in America. Yeah. Because like rent's so high and all these things. Yeah. And I was like, that's going to make a creative music scene where all the creative ideas are, are in some ways at least a little bit more similar than they could be. Yeah. And, and it's probably why a lot of our parla parliamentary like policy is kind of quite similar. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Someone has to come along and blow it up, mate. Is that yeah. going to be you? You're going <laughs> to. <laughs> Next, Chloe Swarsbrook. <laughs> Watch out, Chloe. Just, just, just fucking up everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, it's really exciting. I think it'll be really, really cool. Um, Thank you. Because, yeah, I get that vibe. Like, uh, I really <laughs> vibe with the, like, music can just be fun. You don't have to be the fucking, like, I've, I have no ambition to be, like, oh, I want to be the best music. I want, I want my song to be fucking on the radio and I want to be, like, yeah. I could be, yeah, it could be sweet if that happened, but. Yeah. There are other things that are slightly more important. Yeah, definitely. I think I really realized that after I went to South by. That, oh, you um, went to South by Southwest? Yeah, I played South by oh last year. Really? How was yeah. that? Oh, it was a fucking, it was a great time. Like an amazing time. Like I saw so many, I swear I saw like 10, 20 acts a day. Wow. Like, cause there's someone on all the time cause there's so many people. I think it's like 20,000 or 30,000 people there or something. Like, it's like um, tech exhibitions, film exhibitions. like. It was crazy, but having played that, I think it really dawned on me that, yeah, no, nah, I don't need to take it like this, like this, this is the bar for me. Like, mm. I don't want to take it that much further in terms of getting bigger per se. Because when I was younger, like all you think is, oh, I want to play stadiums, like, I want like millions of streams, everyone like listen to my shit. But once you actually, like for me at least, when, once I actually went to the States and I saw what it was, you know, I saw LA, I saw everything. And I'm um, tick the bucket list off in that regard. I was like, okay, that's probably enough for me. Like, yeah, I'm right. just like, I'm going to stay making music, you know, play shows in New Zealand. Well, it's cool. Like, but yeah, I don't need to go any higher. Like, this is the bar. This is enough. And I'm happy with that. Yeah, right. What, and um, so you enjoy South by Southwest? Mm. 
uh, as a attendee. Yeah. It was yeah, fucking amazing. Did you, did you get to catch anyone that you were like? I caught Pink Sweats, Tierra Whack. I saw Tierra Whack like twice because she was so good. Was that like before she really blew up or was it kind of happening then? It was the happening. Okay. It was happening. But she wasn't as big as she is now, definitely. Yeah. But it was bubbling. Um, yeah, I saw her twice. I saw a lot of Korean acts that I always wanted to see. I did not think I'd see them in America of all places. Yeah, but, right. Um, I saw a whole bunch of like Korean rappers that I really like. Um, Colts, the band. Yeah. I've been listening to since I was like, I think like 14. Like, so I got to seeing them live was crazy as well. Um, yeah, it's just a whole fuck ton of people. What's the landscape of Korean music like? It's, um, there's a lot of it because the population's so big. There are like, um, there's lots of, a lot of people just think that the majority of it is K-pop, which is um, for the most part, not the, not the case. There's actually very little K-pop because it takes a lot of money to make a K-pop. Oh, it's, a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah, there's millions. You're putting, lot, there's lots of Chinese, sure, but there's not a lot of K-pop groups. Um, there's, a, there's a huge indie rock scene that I really like. Um, the rap scene's all right. Some of it kind of is like a blatant ripoff of America though. It's just they happen to be rapping in Korean. But like all the indie scenes, that are um, kind of not so like label centric. They're all really cool and really, really, like really experimental. Like Koreans, and it's very industrial, a lot of the sound, because Korea is a very compact, dense, industrial like country. Right. It definitely translates in the music and is really sick, like huge fan of it. And honestly. is it still, like, is it still very like um, kept in Korea or is it, do, do, do a lot of these like indie bands m make it out touring? Like, was it weird? Like you said, it was weird to see them in America, but mm. is that something that's like happening more often now? More often, definitely, but there's still, there's still a big minority. The right. ones that do still, like that can manage to make it outside of Korea. For the most part, they're all, um, they'll pretty much just do the tour, like Asia tours and that's it. Um, yeah, there's still not a lot that's, I don't know what it takes to actually, um, I don't know what the word is to like, trend, like make it out of Korea um, to make the jump. I don't know what it takes because like they all seem like anomalies, like the right. ones that do make it, which is, yeah, again, it's quite interesting. Um, and is there like a big appetite for music, like uh, alternative and indie music like in Korea? There must be to have a lot to support a good amount of bands. Yeah. Um, I think what helps is the pop because the population's right. so big that there are like there. I mean, percentage-wise, maybe it's not big, but just because there are like fifty million people to begin with, like you know, those um, those bands, those acts, they still play shows and like they can fill up like small rooms. And yeah. Stuff. Do you think? Do you think? Um, would you be suggesting to say like bands in New Zealand who want to like do a tour and shit like that? Would mm. you be like you should go play? Korea, you should go play like um, Asia. Like, do you do do you think that's like a going to be more of a thing in the future? No, I definitely think so. Um, especially like post COVID, it could be a huge thing. Yeah, probably not a great um, idea. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Gets a bit more expensive. I think um, there's a huge scene for like, um, especially DJs. Um, it's the market's huge there. If you're right. a foreign DJ, you can definitely um, get booked. If you're an indie band as well, um, I don't know if you've heard the district Itaewon. No, it's like it's like the Kairodi district of Seoul, the capital city of Korea. But there's a lot of venues there that do like a lot of indie rock stuff. And um, I think another place called Jungbu has a lot of venues as well. Wow. So uh, there definitely is a market if people were to tour. I feel like you could do Korea and Japan, and um, even China, and like it'd be a good time. Yeah, because that's because yeah. I uh, I'm not 
playing shows or anything at the moment, but I will in the future. Mm. And for me, just even like looking ahead, I don't really have any, there's, I don't have any excitement attached to doing an America tour or doing a like Europe tour. It's just not really my, doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't um, fill me with joy. It doesn't bring me joy. <laughs> yeah. But fucking like going to, um, through Asia, yeah. playing shows in Asia, like connecting with, it just seems like a, an actual exciting new space where like the interesting that like those kind of like um, worlds colliding, it, it yeah. seems inherently far more interesting and exciting to me than like the well-trodden path of fucking like mm. being a New Zealand band and going to America or just like doing all that shit, you know? Yeah. Like even beyond the tour, you can just have a great time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. of fun to have. Of course. Asia. Yeah. South Korea and Japan are my two like top countries that I haven't been to that I yeah, absolutely to. want to go to. I'd so badly want to go. Cigarettes are $4 a pack in Korea. Yeah, that's probably not good. I, I mean, <laughs> I did manage to quit cold turkey on my 25th birthday. I saw your tweet where you're saying that, what, you smoke <laughs> like um, something Marlboro Reds and like you'll automatically quit? Yes, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll do it quickly here because it is important for all my people listening. A lot of musicians will listen to this and they are pretty bad because, um, you know, you've got to have something to do between soundcheck and um, mm, the live gig and all yeah. the interesting people are in the smoking section. So it yeah. just makes sense <laughs> to smoke. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, this is for the people who are going like, oh, I'm not, uh, they're smoking a cigarette and they're like, oh, I'm not enjoying this as much as I used to, mm. but I'm still doing it. But I'm yeah. like a little bit like, there's something about it that's like, maybe I don't want to do as much. Yeah. All you need to do, yeah. Okay. Okay. Pick two months ahead. Yep. Um, pick a final date that's like months down the road. At that point, switch to Marlboro Reds. Mm. Every time you smoke a cigarette habitually, smoke a second cigarette, so mm. double the quota. And yeah. by the time you get to that second month, um, that last day, you will be like gagging when you buy that last fucking like cigarette pack. Like, yeah, yeah. real bad. I remember I almost threw up um, on my last pack oh, yeah. at a Wax Chattels, like one of the first Wax Chattels shows. And it was like, <laughs> like <laughs> just trying, fuck, I gotta, I gotta smoke another cigarette. <laughs> And then you're smoking like, fuck, i got to smoke another cigarette. <laughs> yeah, dude. Props for the dedication. Hey, it's, it was more dumbassery because the only reason I started smoking is because do- I, I went to Dunedin Uni. And, oh, yeah. um, a lot, I was one of the like um, token musical kids in my hall. Mm. They're like, oh, we're, yeah, we've got artsy kids as well. So they let an idiot like me in and everyone else was lawyers and doctors. Oh, yeah. And um, so all my doctor friends, they come home one day and they're like, did you know you can like do anything to your body before you're like 25? And as long as you stop then, it'll like recover. And I'm like, and I'm like, wow. And they're like, yes, yeah, so we've all started smoking. And I'm like, great, let's all let's start smoking. <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better about myself. Yeah, bro, don't that. I, did not, I did not know that. Yeah. I got two years left then. <laughs> yeah, unless you get really, un- you know, unless you get really, I'm not saying you can't get unlucky before 25, okay? You should, uh, yeah. you should try and live a, healthy life but if you you know don't beat yourself up about it damn you're allowed i i'm a firm believer in you need you need a bad at least one bad habit you need a vice and everyone's got them you got to and i think as you get older it's just trading a vice that may be slightly too bad for you now onto something (laughs) slightly more acceptable but that's still not great for you Mm, yeah yeah i'm trying to get onto that at the moment it's like um yeah, I'm going pretty heavy on the beers, I'd say. How long have you not smoked for then? Well, I'm 29, so that's four years. Wow, you've done four years? Yeah, I haven't smoked. And then like, Shit. even with like spliffs, I I buy like um, 
the honey rose special like um, yeah, I know, I know that. yeah 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 like and and like every time i share them with people they're like oh this is fucking what is this and i'm like oh, yeah. tobacco free motherfucker <laughs> yeah it's you know what and I'd, I'd like to say like oh yeah it was it was real tough and i had a lot of discipline it's like i didn't i have no discipline i'm the mm-hmm. least disciplined person in the world it's literally because i now i smoked so much with the doubling that i literally <laughs> gag if there's like cigarette smoke around me now like my body can, it's just like, it's scarred for life. Fuck. Yeah, so that's how it worked. Because again, like I used to, you know, writing lyrics. All right, boys, I got better go out into the street because I've got to fucking smoke this cigarette while I do it. Yeah. Um, not good. Mm. But not bad. It was fun. I can roll. I can roll a fucking mean. I can roll backwards. Wow. I can do all that shit. shit. Yeah. I, should get that. I, f- I hate reds with a passion. Yeah, they're should... gross, man. No, I don't. No one likes them. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, I don't know why they're here. And it's good, man, because New Zealand, like, it's one thing smoking, like you said, in like Korea, or it's, it's another thing. Like when I was doing a lot in England, mm. where it's still quite cheap. But fucking tr- being a smoker in New Zealand, yeah, it's insane. Like that yeah. is that is so expensive. Yeah, like me as well. For the most part, I think I don't really smoke now because it's like I smoked ice blasts, like men- only menthols. Yeah. Like this shit, it's like 38, I think, for a pack of ice blasts. So like, there's no way. <laughs> it's just not yeah. sustainable. To <laughs> yeah, I think that's why we've got a huge like social smoking population now mm. as opposed to like regular... We, we, I think the taxes deal with regular smokers, but it yeah. actually makes probably more social smokers They're like, fuck, I, I wish I could smoke and oh, I'm out yeah. and about like, give me a fucking cigarette, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I was Because I have been to Thailand. Oh, yeah. This is a, we're, we're on the smoking tangent now, so I'm going to do this one. Um, my band was recording at a, at a, at a studio in Thailand mm. and there was, we had it to ourselves for the first week and then the second week that was there, we had to move into Studio B because a Thai band called Big Ass. Um, do you, have you heard, you've heard of them? No. No. So like, they're like this like classic rock band. Um, they have, and their merch, they make jeans and they're called Big Ass Jeans and like, oh, yeah. they're dope. But anyway... <laughs> They turn up and they had a guy with them um, who must have, I don't know what his official role was, but as far as I could tell, he was just the guy that rolled like um, spliffs and cigarettes for them. And um, he had, his, his thing was like, I've never seen this before and I've never understood it since, but he had a big blender yeah. and he would blend the, like, the weed and, and pull tobacco out of straights, put it in and blend it and then repack them. But he was using menthol straights. Really? And I was like, so, so that they could like click the thing and smoke oh, the weed yeah. through a menthol thing. And I'm like, ah. bro. And so we're like, that is kind of, it's like toothpaste marijuana. Yeah. Um, I was not a big fan of it. Oh yeah. So I was like, we're gonna try, we're gonna roll you like a, a <laughs> like we had papers, we're gonna fucking, and they're like, like smoking away at it. And they're like, oh, real good. And then we're like, I think we've converted them. I think we've converted them. I think we got them. Like we don't, next day, blenders back out. All the straights and menthols are back out. We're like, fuck, well, we've got to make music. We can't just be sitting yeah. here fighting this battle the whole time. <laughs> fucking minty weed. Yes, that is not an endorsement of, uh, no, not <laughs> Hako Meets Humans does not endorse smoking, but it no. doesn't judge either. Mm. You got to live your life, man. Yeah, um, sure. Plugs. Do you have? Uh, can you can you please plug your art space again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, November twenty eighth is our opening party from six to nine p.m. at Strange Haven on K Road. Cool. Um, we are called To and Fro. It'll be um a lot of dope shit. There's um there's some clothing, um visual art, 
digital prints as well. I'll have some free CDs to give out as well, if that's incentive to come through. There's also um, free drinks. Shout out Jinra um, for the sponsor. There'll be free um, soju around as well. Um, pretty much, oh, I have a song coming out tomorrow, actually. Oh my God, do Wait, you? When does this Well, this comes drop? out on Sunday. So the song came out two days ago. Yeah, yeah. I have a song coming out. Well, I, it came out. My <laughs> song came out. <laughs> <laughs> on Friday, it's called Get Money slash FNF. Um, you can stream that on all the all the all the platforms. Are you excited about it being out? Yeah, because I've been sitting on this one for a while, and it's more um, again back to that band conversation. It feels more like a band record than like um, so it's a bit different to like caught up with the other stuff. It definitely feels more like a band's playing. So um, and it's quite summery. So hopefully the weather clears up. So. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah. I'm sure it will rain its way off. Remember how yeah. fucking hot it was last week? It was like, yeah, oh my God, gross. summer's here, bro. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, it was disgusting. Even yesterday, it was so like, like it was humid. Yeah. It was so like sweaty and gross because all my mates were graduating yesterday. So I was like walking up and down Albert Park and just like drenched in sweat. It's fucking it's disgusting. It's the worst. Yeah. It's honestly the worst. Like mm. rain and then humidity. Yeah. Even like hot and then humidity, it's kind of like, yeah, okay. I could. Mm. I'd. I'd rather it be dry, but you know, I'll deal. Yeah. And one of those indie boys is like, I would. I don't like wearing shorts, but I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> It'll be fine. Um. Any? Have you got any gigs coming up? Not that I. Not that I know. Of. All right. Well, fucking. <laughs> let's get a gig for Hans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm open to anything. Yeah. Please book me. Yeah. Oh, I need money. S- send the email through. <laughs> yeah. DM. Yeah. DM. Just <laughs> in the DM. Um. Well, thanks for having a chat, dude. Oh, dude, my pleasure. Thank you for it's having so me. It's so nice. Uh, it's like I having you on is kind of like the real point of doing this is having like people with their own experiences mm. talking about how to like get more people involved. Yeah. And get that message across, you know. That's the kind of shit I want to, you know, as much as I love banging on about the same old shit every mm. week, it's this is kind of this was really nice for me. Oh, thank you. Sorry no, for being earnest bit... at the end. Nah, nah <laughs> thank you for having me, bro. Like, honestly, like the hospitality and everything. I think like shit like this is really important, like for our um for our scene. Honestly, like what you've got going on is like really really cool. I think honestly. we should do like a group episode at some point with you and yeah. Yuri and Carl. Yeah, and, like, just that cool. little crew and like get Louise in and just have a bit of a. Yeah, because yeah, lo- yeah. lo- I think that'd be a pretty fire energy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, new episode every Sunday. Um, yeah, get outside. And if it's raining, stay inside. Quit the durries. <laughs> Quit the durries.